0: Before we get things going on this week's episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast one note we recorded this episode early morning Wednesday before multiple roster moves were made later in that day Jay Nelson will join me in the back half of this podcast to discuss the latest on the Minnesota Vikings roster until then enjoy the episode and be sure to tune in to the end for more on the Vikings move to pick up Jalen Rager.
1: Our identity as an O-line was you know, to become like the best offensive line in the SEC that year. We won the Joe Moore Award uh, for that reason. I mean, our identity was just like, we was all already close with each other, but we all had one thing in mind, I was winning the national championship. And uh, that's what we did. I mean, we always expected him to catch it at LSU. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Jamar. I mean, as soon as he threw the ball up, we already knew they were going to catch it and make a big play.
0: This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and we are in the sweet spot. The preseason is over, and the initial 53-man roster's been set. I'm Tatum Everett alongside Gabe Henderson, Jay Nelson, I'd remove the producer name since we've got Eric Davidson recording the podcast for us from now on.
2: Eric's tweaking the ones and twos at this point. That's I'm, right. I'm just the uh, extra voice in the room at this point.
0: We yeah. we we love it. We'll also have starting right guard for the Minnesota Vikings rookie Ed Ingram later on in the show. It's the greatest time of the year, guys, and I'm not talking about the state fair. That might hurt some people's feelings. What are you talking about? It's football time. I thought
3: you were talking about cut day. I was like, that's not the greatest time of (laughs) the year.
2: No, No. the fun season's upon us. But it is
0: nice. I mean, I, I do get the business side. I get the personal side. But it is nice to see the decisions that the front office is starting to make and this roster come together just means we're, like, on the doorstep of the season.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, while cut day is, you know, terrible for a lot of people, it's also a great experience for other people, like Luigi Villain. This is an opportunity that a lot of these guys have dreamed of their entire life. So um, it's just a part of the business. And like you said, once you get past cut day, I think you can finally start counting down the days until – Uh, Week one season opener, Green Bay
2: Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium. This is kind of the beginning of what we've been talking about all offseason, which was the speculation side. Now we are at the clarity side. And being able to see kind of the initial 53 show up, we also understand that there is a lot of moves potentially still to be made even before the first game against the Packers. This is always kind of the weird spot because, yes, you survived the 53-man roster cut, but the front office period is going to be making as many decisions as possible to refine this roster to make it as, as solid as, as they can. So for those initial guys that, that made the 53-man roster cut, you hit a giant hurdle – at the same point, you know, there's still a lot of people that have to prove their worth on this this team and to make sure that the the front office has made the right decision.
0: I think the key word right now is always initial. Yes. It's the best way of putting it, because you don't know if there's another trade in the books, especially with this front office. I think they've proven to us with the draft and with yesterday that they're not willing to make a move. If they need to make a move. Uh, draft capital is important to them. It's, you know, I hate to go back to the old Quacy likes his trade days, right? Like this kind of stuff excites him. So if he can get more value at places that he feels he can capitalize on, I think he's not afraid to take chances.
3: Yeah, I agree. That's 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 who we know Kwasi as as of right now. I mean, the first impression is Kwasi loves to make trades. And, of course, we all know his background. He worked at New York Wall Street for a number of years and bringing some of that experience here, hopefully that pays off. I mean, still everything looks great, but until we start seeing how – you know these guys perform on the field is still going to be the big question mark okay like what is the reasoning behind this but I'm excited just to see some new faces here I'm excited just to see the excitement there's practice today it's the first practice with the initial 53 man roster so there's um there's a little buzz because when you, when you go down from 90 to 53 it, it does feel kind of weird but still it's like well I'm, I'm a part of this elite group so I'm excited to see how this thing shakes out between now and
2: September 11th. Most people see the checkers moves happening. These guys are playing chess, and they're having to understand all off season, whether it's the draft, the future, you know, what we have currently at present. All of these moves are going to have ripple effects, and it just feels like you know they have the larger picture in mind. And um, I think that that's an interesting side of this that. Yeah, you usually get the initial people that are cut, but what does that mean down the road? Who's going to get re-signed for practice squad? What does that mean that they're going to be able to slide through past other teams and, and what other kind of players are they eyeing from other rosters in order to try to help us out? So, yeah, there's there's a, a larger picture happening here that we just see a, a tiny fragment of.
0: Yeah, 16 players on the practice squad, and it will be a lot of names I think we're pretty familiar with, a lot of names maybe that were cut yesterday. We'll see back on the practice squad. I think we should go around the room and maybe take one specific talker from this cut day. It's been, you know, a nice 24 hours to digest for us. And so, uh, Gabe, I'll start with you. What is your top talker from cut day?
3: Someone hit on it earlier, but Luigi Villain. He's uh, the outside linebacker that a lot of people probably didn't see making this roster. And he's a guy from Michigan. He played with Quiddy Pay. Um, of course, we all know the the great Michigan DNs the past couple of years, but transferring to Wake Forest last year and having that connection with uh, League Terry, Minnesota Vikings assistant defensive line coach, and Steve Donatello, both of those guys went to Wake Forest. So they had an idea of who Luigi Villain was when attacking um, that process in free agency this year, Luigi Villain undrafted free agent. Um, so it, it was interesting to see just that hard work pay off for him. I'm a huge fan of these under the radar stories, we kind of understand Danil and DJ Wanham and Zadarius Smith. We understand they're going to make the team. Like those guys are set in stone. But when you get somebody who is behind them, who has an opportunity to play on special teams for a really good portion of the season this year, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do with this Minnesota Vikings team.
0: You know, I think people kind of hate on the preseason, and especially when we didn't really see a lot of starters. But without the preseason, Luigi Villain's chances of making the roster would have been very slim. I mean, It'd it's a like guy that popped in the preseason. He had a fumble recovery, a sack, and an interception. I mean, he he did his part, right? It was one of the more exciting players, and I would say kind of a snooze fest of a preseason. I don't really feel like I need to mince my words there because it was a little bit of a boring time, which is the point. I get it. But for somebody that is fighting for a spot, he really capitalized on the opportunity.
2: That's the thing I think that you enjoy seeing as a fan is, yeah, in in a uh, slate of mundane games where you're not really showing much and you're showing kind of vanilla offenses and running vanilla defenses, still seeing people that kind of flash and pop, those are the ones that you you like to pay attention to and just to feel like they've earned their spot and their chance on this roster. Uh, A guy like Luigi Villain, uh, Canada go crazy. uh, (laughs) You know it was it's a fun story to really pay it attention is. to and I'm hoping that given what he's done so far, this offseason and preseason that he can continue to build on that and become somebody that really contributes to the squad
0: for sure. well, J I will toss it right back to you. What is your top talker from the cut day?
2: Something that um, we actually just somewhat uh, touched on a little bit earlier was just talking about the trades that tended to happen as well. Yeah, we, we got down to 53, but in there, there were two trades that happened. One was guard Jesse Davis going to the Pittsburgh Steelers in exchange for a conditional seventh-round pick in 2025, um, which, of course, is going to be dependent upon passing a physical. But Jesse Davis was somebody that we were really excited about in the offseason, somebody that we picked up. We figure this guy's got some some veteran run to him. He could definitely step in and, and potentially earn that. To me, the bigger question there is something that I think is potentially going to be um, talked about later in the show is you know who's going to be that starting guard. It feels like um, they've got an idea that potentially, you know Ed Ingram is going to be the guy that's going to fill in in that role. If that is, that's great because that means a rookie is going to be stepping up into a position that he could potentially hold on to for a very long time and they felt like comfortable enough that a, a guy like Jesse Davis, they could move him to the Pittsburgh Steelers for that pick. On the flip side, there was a second one though, that we also traded uh, a six round pick in the 2023 draft to the Houston Texans. Exchange for D lineman Ross Blacklock and a seventh round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. In doing that, I assume that that's kind of a cap nod towards the T Y McGill injury that happened, and you're looking to try and fill another position. Somebody there that that you feel like is is someone who can contribute because defensively at D-tackle, we we have a good group there. But at the same point, when you make a move like uh, they did um, in cutting somebody that has been there over the last couple of years, um, hopefully this guy, uh, Ross, can come in and feel like he can contribute right away to help fill some of those gaps that we need. So between T.Y. McGill going away and then one of the other cuts, which was Armin Watts, um, having those kind of moves happen, you're hoping that a guy like Ross coming in here is going to be able to help fill some of
0: that gap. I mean, you, you need it. I mean, For sure. You have to think they see something in Ross Blacklock that maybe Armin didn't fit into their system as as well. Maybe it's something that they... We're like, this is the guy that we're actually looking for in this spot. And it's no knock on Armin. He's a great player. I think he's going to be really successful as he moves on the league. I don't know. As of right now, I'm not sure if anyone's picked him up. But I I can't see him not making a roster, at least a practice squad, because he's super talented. And we really saw him come into his own this past season. For me, that was probably the one big shock. I didn't really wasn't surprised by a lot of what went on on Tuesday. But I think that, to me, was the biggest surprise.
3: Yeah but I, I, it, it is a huge surprise but I think if you're Kwasi and you look at Ross Blacklock as a former second round draft pick in the 2020 draft who has a lot of untapped potential you look at that and say okay this guy is in year three so it's not a contract year unlike Armin Watts so you have a little bit more wiggle room to say okay can this guy pan out to be something that um, the Texans couldn't get out of him in his first two years there so I'm um, very surprising trade but um I'm just going to trust the the quasi process on this because, on paper, it looks like a really good trade. I mean, you you trade a former, I think, um, Armor Watts is a six round draft pick in 2019 for a second rounder in 2020. Um, it looks really good on paper. So we'll see how this thing transitions out. Um, they have a better plan than than we do on this podcast, but. That was, that was definitely a shocker to your point, Tatum, of seeing Armand Watts. I mean, we had talked to him not long ago just to see, yeah. like, how does it feel being the starting defensive tackle? So it's the NFL. There's going to be trades. I mean, there's over 800 guys that get cut this time of the year. So this is just one of the few that that surprise
2: a lot of people. It feels like with Ross, then, you know, you're almost kind of trying to buy the upside. If he was a second-round talent and, and he's somebody that you're getting for, you know, exchanging of picks here with the seventh-rounder and sixth-rounder between the two teams plus Ross – um, like I said, it kind of feels like you're buying the upside. But, yeah, if 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 you're willing to move on from a guy who was trusted or at least uh, tested in Armin Watts and you're bringing in this guy to help fill some of that gap, you know, they, they have to feel really high on him that, that he's going to work out for us.
0: That's a perfect segue, I think, to my top talker from this roster cut day is just Kwasi making his mark. Obviously, you kind of touched on the trade deals and things like that. But I think more than anything, this staff is – assembling what they want this team to look like and while they said it wasn't a rebuild process and there's things in the cupboard they still went and got guys that they thought would maybe be better fits or not I I thought this was just a crazy number when you look back on the draft class from 2018 to 2021 46 players were selected 20 made the initial 53-man roster in 2022. So these guys are like you mentioned, Gabe. They're on their rookie deals, and that's where you really want to capitalize because obviously they're not as expensive. But 20 of them, 20 of the 46 are on that. So they they cut guys that, you know, were in their second, third seasons that are from the old era, and now this new era is trying to make their mark and fit their team to their scheme. So I thought that was pretty interesting for stat.
3: I get it. I get it. These are the guys they want. It's kind of like any organization. When leadership, you have a leadership change. Leadership wants to establish an identity of what they want it to look like. And sometimes people that are already there don't fit the identity of what they want. Not saying that those people aren't good people and they don't do their jobs well. It's just the unfortunate circumstance of being in business, in the business field. So Quasi understands that this is this is our team. This is what we want to do. Kevin does it. He he has the same thing. There's a, a shield on the wall here at TCO Performance Center that says our team, our way, our process. So this is just another step in the journey of them having team identity and the team trusting the process of Kevin O'Connell and Koisi Adolfo doing it their way.
2: There's always the flip over that happens on an annual basis as well, which is the financial side of it. Um, you know, when you have veterans at specific positions, it tends to affect what they can do at other positions with needing rookies to fill in. I think one of the, the criticisms, at least from before, was feeling like you didn't necessarily get initial run from rookie draft picks or second-year players really stepping up into those starting roles. And so it feels like between seeing uh, guys like Louis Seen or even an Ed Ingram type stepping into some of those roles, you're getting a little bit more of a run when it comes to these coaches taking people that they they drafted or brought in as free agents and really plugging them in because they felt like they were the best fit at start. So hopefully, um, you know, these moves uh, that Kwesi and and the rest of the scouting and coaching staff are making pan out because it's just, there's always this ebb and flow, not only of, of the players, but financially that they have to kind of balance. And it feels like, you know, they're very intentional on what they're doing with their decisions and uh, the biggest thing is going to be as soon as uh, they hit the field, seeing if all this stuff starts to pan out over the season.
0: The word intentional, I think that's that's a really good way to describe what's been going on as Kwesi and Kevin build this 2022 roster. And, and it's our intention to bring in a special guest. So I will segue it now to our guest who we've been talking a lot about already in this podcast. And that's rookie Ed Ingram. Joining us for the first time here on MVP is rookie Ed Ingram, who just, I think it's fair to say, won the right guard battle. Congratulations on getting the job done during camp. What has it been like to be a part of that position battle?
1: It's been insane. I mean, I came in here, uh, had two experienced guys over me. And, uh, I mean, I was just wanting to learn. And I was just trying to be a sponge and, like, soak up everything. And so I always, like, pick their brains and, like, ask them, like, uh, what do I do here, or uh, what would you do in this situation, and stuff like that. And uh, they've always offered up some good information, Creed and uh, Jesse. Uh, they both great guys, but it's, it's been a good good trial.
3: Could you picture this, this early on, coming from DeSoto, Texas, going to LSU, rookie season here at the Minnesota Vikings, named the starting right guard? Could you picture this way back then?
1: I couldn't picture it back then. I can tell you that. But uh, throughout my journey in football, I've always been kind of like one of the younger guys playing with older guys. When I was a sophomore in high school, I started on varsity. Um, I started as a freshman in college, and um, that was kind of my mindset coming into the NFL. It was to kind of have that uh, that mindset come to the NFL and like gain respect with uh, the older guys, so I can fit in and try to you know get a starting spot.
0: And they're going to look to you to be a leader now. I mean, I know you are the youngest guy on the line, but th- but that doesn't mean that you can't have a voice in it. Are you someone who talks a lot? Um, I know offensive linemen aren't really known to, like, be too chit-chatty.
1: <laughs> no, I'm definitely not one of those rah-rah guys. <laughs> As but, he uh, talks on the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's
1: okay. I'm more I'm of one of the guys that kind of leads by example. And, um, I mean, I'm not afraid to, like, speak up if I, if it needs to be spoken. But uh, I am
3: usually don't talk. I'm just – reserved and just do my job to be honest where does that come from man like where does that reserve nature just lay back i mean if, honestly i want to say just texas because everybody that i meet from texas <laughs> is just like this one way of like reserve but they talk when they need yeah. to but where, where does yours come from
1: i don't know to be honest i mean i've always been like that you know i kind of just been to myself i always be thinking and stuff like that and so i mean I, i've learned to start talking more just because football kind of forced that out of me so i have to talk now but um I mean, it's it's always been something for me.
0: What's it been like to transition how you played the game in college to what's asked of you here?
1: It's been very different. That's been one of my biggest difficulties is trying to, like, eliminate all the college stuff that I had in my mind and just thinking about NFL because NFL is more technique-based and uh, everything has to be perfect in order for it to work. And uh, if it doesn't work, you go against uh, a top guy and then you're going to look stupid, so... That's my thing is, like, the NFL is more like you have to be consistent with everything.
0: What was one thing that you changed, I guess, that you kind of have really honed in on? Uh, One technique?
1: Being more aggressive and, like, working on my pass protection um, because I've been playing left guard for, like, the past few years in my college career. And so to start playing right guard, I need to, you know, hone in on, like, pass protection and stuff like that, and that's something I want to focus on.
3: That's an interesting point because usually the the fan who just loves football would never think that there's really no difference from playing left guard to right guard what
1: what is the big difference and can you give us an example it's a, it's a big difference because like I can line up in a left guard stance at any moment and because I've did it for so long and so it's like second nature to me but as a right guard right now I'm still I'm still even working on my stance every time I get in a stance I kind of feel weird so I kind of have to change it up. Does it change which hands on the ground? It changes with hands, which foot you got to uh, have back, which how you post and stuff like that, and, um, which hand you like block with and, or how you stop somebody from coming inside. It's completely different. So you have to just think about it in a different way. So now I'm trying to perfect this right guard so I can have right and then left guard like kind of in my mind so I can be able to play both sides easily.
3: When did you know you were going to be switched to right guard? Because, I, I mean, I'm just thinking of – like Ezra Cleveland, right? Like mm-hmm. left tackle in college, moved to left guard. Dersaw, I believe, is the only person on this offensive line that's like played one position in college and then stuck there. Outside of Garrett Bradbury, but like, what is like what what is that? I kind of expected it uh, because throughout this whole like draft
1: experience, a lot of guys been asking me like if I can play right guard, and I was like, I mean, I played in my my rookie year, I mean my freshman year in, in college, so. I, mean, I could play it. I mean, yeah. I'm still going to have to learn it again, but I can play it. And, uh, I mean, I came in, and every time I was doing a rep, they was like, yeah, hey, get that right guard. And I'm like, all right, bet. So it's kind of just threw me in there, you know. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm here. Yeah, so I just had to make it work.
0: How would you describe or, or put into a word the 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 identity of this offensive line, this group of five guys?
1: Uh, i say that we're pretty close. With each other, um, our coach always talks about like um, team protection and stuff like that. So um, we always protect each other in the run game and the pass protection game. So uh, not leaving out uh, another person out to draw. Make sure that you are doing your responsibility so that the other guy can do his responsibility and stuff like that. Uh, kind of like a chain, like a, like a chain, like the weakest link will break. So everybody has to be strong.
3: So I've. <laughs> We always, we've heard this from Justin Jefferson, from Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that 2019 LSU championship squad that you were on. Yeah. Tatum is rocking her fist right now. Yeah. We've always heard it from their perspective as yeah. far as like the skill guy position. But yeah. what was it like being on the offensive line, blocking for those guys? One, that's the first question. And when did you know that team was going to be special?
1: I mean, uh, like our line coach always talked about like the, the guy that we had in the backfield, which is Joe Burrow. There's, like, I mean, this this guy, we have to protect this guy. Like, this is our guy. Like, we can make it with him. So just knowing that what he can do and our identity as an old line was just, you know, to become, like, the best offensive line in the SEC that year or just in the, the league that year. And uh, we won the Joe Moore Award uh, for that reason. But, um, I mean, our identity was just, like, we was all already close with each other. But we all had one thing in mind. I was winning the national championship, and uh, that's what we did. And then two. When did you know that team was going to be special? Um, when Joe Burrow came in, um, the first thing like he he like, sat down with everybody and had a meeting. I mean, he never even talked to a lot of us, but he kind of saw like the culture and uh, where everything was at. And he kind of came in and just sat everybody down and just told them like, "Hey, I came here to like to win a national championship, so we're going to change some stuff up." So the way he kind of like took control of the whole situation, I was like. Yeah, we have a chance of winning, yeah.
0: It was the Texas game for me. Yeah, Texas. That's that's a game LSU blows in the past, right? Like that's the game that you're like, was that oh man. Week 1. Man. It's week 2. Week 2. And it was like I think it was down to the last drive or something yeah, like like a, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> down to the last drive. So I, I yeah, that that was the game for me that changed it all. But you obviously have been a part of we had this debate last season, one of the I'll say one of the just to be kind, best college offenses in the history of the game, right? Mm-hmm. So you know when everything's working on all cylinders what it feels like, what it looks like. A lot of these Vikings fans don't really quite know what this offense looks like yet. <laughs> we don't know. You guys have been at practice. We've seen little bits of glimmers here and there. But we haven't seen you guys against another team yet. Can we get a little preview what you can say about what how this offense is going to look?
3: Will you be taking any handoffs is what she's asking. <laughs> Shoot, I wish.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> no, I don't wish to take handoffs. But uh <laughs>
1: I mean, I feel like our offense, we're going to be utilizing all our best weapons. I mean, we have Justin Jefferson, we have Adam Thielen, um, and then we have Dalvin Cook, and then we also have Ty, you know, back there now. And so we're just going to be utilizing every one of our weapons as much as possible. And um,
3: That's what we're planning on doing. All right, I got a funny question for you. <laughs> When's the last time you actually watched a play? Because offensive linemen – don't watch they don't really know what's going on until like the end of the play when it's like, Oh, touchdown, we scored. Like when's the last time you like watched the play?
1: Uh let me see. Dang, that's been amazing. <laughs> I can't even remember of an instance right now, but that's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is a good problem to have. I mean, we used to have those all the time in twenty nineteen. Um, just blocking and all of a sudden you are just looking up and just watching the ball float up there, just hoping he catches catch it and he catches it and like, oh, yes. Yeah. You know, but we never, I mean, we always expected him to catch it at LSU. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Jim Jamar. I mean, as soon as he threw the ball up, we already knew that he was going to catch it and make a big play.
0: Before you got in here, uh, we've Gabe said he spotted you at the Minnesota State Fair. How, I'm guessing, only because I'm guessing, you've been to the Texas State Fair before, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah a time or two. Yeah. How do you think it compares to the Minnesota State Fair?
1: Still tops Minnesota, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was extremely surprised when I went to the Minnesota State Fair. I wasn't expecting it to be so big and have so many people there. So uh, I did have a great time there, and yeah. Um, I don't know if they said it's the second best state fair. In well, the, it's the second largest in America largest. behind Texas. I was
0: going to say, I mean, everything's bigger in Texas, but yeah. Minnesota, when you go, you're like, okay.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty good, and uh, the food there was was excellent. The people there were, were crazy. You What'd know? you get? Uh, I, I mean, I get it. The thing that I loved the best was the uh, fried Twinkies they had. <laughs> nice. That was the best thing Nah, I yeah,
0: that's amazing. <laughs> that you sound was like an right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> that was my
3: first time eating a fried Twinkie. yesterday really? it was good. Yeah, interesting. man I had a fried green tomato. So I saw you when I was getting a fried green tomato, <laughs> and I was like, "That's Ed right there." So I, I wasn't going to say anything to you, but yeah, that the fr <laughs> i didn't sleep that night because like I had like the the fried food sweats. Yeah, but. It, the food there is just amazing. And I, I'm sure you, you you pretty much chow down while you're there, right? Oh, yeah. For awesome. me, it's the fried yeah.
0: pickles. Ooh. Fried pickles.
3: Fried pickles, Yep. Man, what's your goal for this year? I know that's kind of big, you know, kind of general. But, like, <laughs> do, you, do you have any set goals this year for yourself? I know it's your rookie year. You don't really have an NFL season to base that off of outside of yeah. that, your whole college team making it to the NFL. But going from there, do you have any? Um, well, like my main thing is just like be the most consistent,
1: like rookie offensive lineman coming in, and um, pretty much kind of like making a name for myself and uh, establishing myself in the league. It was like one of the best uh, right guards, and uh, to possibly be in the future.
0: Well, it all starts with winning the job on uh, during camp, which you mm-hmm. did. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. Best of luck this season, and uh, I know that you've been involved in a lot of great rivalries, being in the SEC. Uh, this Green Bay Packers one though is kind of next level but to kick it off. Kick it off with a Vikings Packers game's got to be pretty special.
1: Yeah, it's definitely special, and it's
3: uh, it's gonna be fun. Have y'all started watching film yet? Uh, yeah, we have watched film. Okay. Well, look, man, it's it's so great to have you on. It's it's. I know there's a there's a saying that offensive linemen aren't supposed to do interviews. So so thank you for. <laughs> Taking some time out of your busy day to, to sit down with this man. Appreciate yeah, you. I'm probably gonna get fined by the O-line <laughs> group for doing this, but
1: oh, it's for man. the people. Yeah. Uh,
0: did, did, was it part of the challenge though during camp to like make you guys go out and do the skull claps too?
1: Yeah, we had
0: <laughs> <that's> some
1: rookie <laughs> stuff. They was like, just, you go. They'd be like, just go, go do a skull chant today. Ed. All right, I mean, you, yeah. you can't really argue. You just got to go do it.
0: Yeah, and then you become a fan favorite. So, yeah. and then you there start you taking
3: go. notes for the next rookies that come
1: in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> That's funny.
3: Little skull, change your shirt yeah. off or something.
1: There
0: you go. Wait to see. <laughs> wait to see it in real life. Wait to see it in the U.S. Bank Stadium. Thank you so much, Ed Ingram, rookie right guard here for the Minnesota Vikings. Big thanks to Ed Ingram for taking some time out of his lunch period to come here and talk to us here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm excited to see this line really come together. I know there's been a lot of talk about what this rotation's going to look like. And we've talked about the excitement that we have for Christian Darasaw and seeing this line come together with its youth. It, it just kind of feels like they finally are really settling in their identity.
3: Yeah, you got a first year guy in Ed Ingram, you got a second year guy in Christian Darasaw, third year guy in um, Ezra Cleveland, fourth year guy in Garrett Bryber, and a fifth year guy in Brian O'Neill. So. Um, <laughs> You've not sure. out this line. That sounds like a
0: like a like a the Michael Jackson Michael Jackson songs. Like like you should count it and sing at the same oh, time. Oh, ABC or something. one two three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jackson
2: five. Okay.
0: It's the, we maybe they they're the Vikings fat and no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go there.
2: Well, the thing for me is that it just shows you there was always a, a feeling of needing to address this issue of the offensive line and trying to find starters that really fit and that work for long term success. There's been plug and play over and over again at multiple positions. They've put a lot of draft capital into first and second round draft picks to try to fix this this offensive line. Now you're at a point where you're you're feeling like you've got a solid group of people that you're going to start the season with. You want to see how it's going to pan out. But um, at minimum, it just shows you that, yes, the intentional, to use that word again, the intentional use of, of those draft picks at that point to try to get your – running back some some bigger holes to run through and your quarterback more time to throw. Um hopefully we see it pay off this season.
3: I hope so. I'm I'm excited about Ed, Ed Ingram. I think he can do a lot for this offensive line and open to your point JF opening up holes for Dalvin Madison so on and so forth. So we'll see how this thing shakes out. That rookie year is always the the toughest year when you talk to some of those rookies like Christian Dariusaw or Ezra Cleveland in their rookie year to say, you know, they they figure it out eventually, but you have to go through those growing pains. So It'll be good to have Brian O'Neill beside him to to help him look a little bit better. But I'm excited to see what Ed Ingram does. I think he's going to be a a game-changing right guard for years to come.
0: Coming together this season, we're changing things up a little bit when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. So I thought it was a good time to address the elephant in the room that it's now becoming two episodes on a Monday and a Friday. So... You have to keep your heads up and, and look for those to drop then.
2: Looking to be twice as nice this season. There you will um, you'll, you'll be getting a double dose. You'll be getting the podcast side of it straight up early in the week. Um, and then on the back end of the week, Gabe, you're going to be um, helping lead that Minnesota Vikings podcast for the kind of the final look back and review leading up to every game this week. So um, it's something that uh, we've already been doing, the Minnesota Vikings podcast and Vikings Vantage. We're kind of transitioning in order to help it be that Vikings podcast will be labeled for both of them, so you'll be getting kind of double the episodes each week. But the bigger thing is to make sure that we're covering this game completely from the front end of the week of what you can expect to the back end of the week of kind of what you may have missed and and leading into the game each week. So. Hopefully, um, you know the fans will be able to enjoy that as much as they can.
3: I'm, I'm excited just to see, like, just to like get all of our initial reactions from game day. Like we've we've never really done anything like that, especially internally. So to to recap Sunday's or Monday's game, um, and then preview the the upcoming game, I think it'll be a, a lot of content, a lot of great content coming towards Vikings fans, and th- this this would be a lot of fun. This will be a lot of fun. The Friday podcast is on KFAN, right? That is, yep, it's gonna. But be it'll a,
0: it'll drop on the normal podcast yep, network. Yep. So yeah, there's multiple ways to listen to that one, right? Like you can listen to it the normal way, like you're listening to us right now on your however you listen to your podcast. So then there'll be the.
3: But what time on
2: Fridays? It's the six thirty. Six thirty. Six thirty broadcast. So it's the same thing as it was with Vikings Vantage from before. We're just kind of shifting it slightly. In order to be a Minnesota Vikings podcast with a little bit of uh, coverage content, just slightly different, but you will be getting as much Vikings as possible all through the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, twice as nice. I like how you put that. Should that be that should be their ta- our tagline somehow?
2: Minnesota Vikings, twice, twice as nice. Twice as
0: nice. There yeah. you go. I like <laughs> Only it.
3: Only after wins, I guess. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Depending on how which, the season goes, which, it will which be. Which will be?
0: As there nice. will be seventeen, right?
3: That is correct. Wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eighteen if you include the bye week.
0: That is, right. That's so that, uh, Yeah, yeah. That's a,
2: a win for sure. The <laughs> yeah. bye week is always Not a, win week all is all a win. The bye week is a win. The bye week
0: is for sure a yes. win. Well, uh, I guess so. You don't have to wait as long this time around for the next episode of the podcast. We'll drop one on Monday because, guys, next week is game week. We head into the kickoff of the 2022 season, the season opener against the Packers in U.S. Bank Stadium. We have been talking about this moment for so long, and we are so close. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the season officially kicking off. Everything then starts to count, and uh, more than anything, we all get into our normal routines and are able to provide as much content as possible for the fans.
0: So I know, Jay, you're really heavily involved in the game presentation side of things. So if I'm a fan going to U.S. Bank Stadium for the game, what am I looking forward to? Uh,
2: The fact that it is going to be a kickoff at home against the Packers with fans for the first time in Vikings history. That is going to be unbelievable. I know that those games always ramp up to 11. This is going to be no different. Um, I know Coach O'Connell was calling for... No tickets to be sold to Packer fans <laughs> no as much as possible. In the audience. Um, and I think for fans, the excitement of the 2022 season kicking off with a new team that, let's be honest, we do not know a ton about, especially offensively and defensively. Neither do the Packers. They're going to have to try and game plan for what may be, but I think it's going to be the fun side for our team to be able to kind of come out with a brand new playbook, a brand new look that nobody's ever seen before and so you're going to want to be there at the stadium to be a part of it it's going to be electric
3: so the 12th man will be in full effect
2: 100 percent.
3: i'm excited i'm ex- like i said this uh yesterday on the 53 roster cut show segment that we did my first ever home game as a vikings employee was the first ever time that we played the packers in week one Yep. and at home and it was crickets inside and it was crickets it felt like a road game so to be able to experience this this year i'm just pumped. I know you guys on the game presentation side are thrilled to keep fans entertained, but I'm just excited to see how all this thing comes together. There's so many people that have put in so many hours to get ready for this point of the year and so on and so forth. So um, I'm just excited to see you guys' work also.
2: Since the schedule was announced, everything has been circled for this week. Um, and there's just a lot of planning that has gone into a lot of really fun activations for the game. So Uh, Buy your tickets, or you know, beg, borrow, and steal them, (laughs) however you can get them, and get your butt in those seats. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing, and and obviously, like like you mentioned, Jay, we get back into that routine. We'll have the Audible will return. We've got all of our big segments, all of our, all of our content really kind of just kicks off on Monday.
2: Yeah, and it's it's basically Vikings Rewind for KFAN. Vikings Country is going to be out at the local establishments in the Metro. The I forgot metro. about that, Yeah. Yep. Mike Musman with uh, player guests at different locations. So check out the website. They'll have a full itinerary of where they're going to be and with which players. And then um, Wednesday night, we've got X's and O's with Coach O'Connell. Thursday night, we're still doing the Audible. It'll be a half hour this year, and then we're adding in another half hour, brand new show called The Tailgate. Cy Amundsen's going to be working with his uh, comedian friends to kind of break down fandom and look ahead at, at the upcoming matchup between the Vikings and the other comedians' favorite teams. Yeah,
0: and I'm then, looking forward to that yeah, one. Yeah, and
2: then Friday night's going to be a Minnesota Vikings podcast show to kind of wrap up the week. So we're looking forward to all of this. It's it, There's a lot of things that are going to be kind of – Stay the same so that you're, you're used to it. But at the same point, there's a whole lot of adjustments and revamping that's going on. And um, it, all of this is being done to give the fans the content that they're looking for, what they're interested in, and, and to provi- be able to provide information and entertainment as, as much as we can. So hopefully you all enjoy it this season. Yeah,
0: that's our ultimate goal at the end of the day. And uh, we hope to have an, an entertaining game in 11 days on this day of recording? Yep. 11, Eleven days.
3: Entertaining is forty-one to zero Vikings oh. over Packers. Like anything outside of a blowout is not entertaining. That either, happens. because there, there were too many games last year where I felt like my heart was about to jump out of you my were, chest. Okay,
0: no, but in all so, seriousness, you think you're going to blank Aaron Rodgers in the season opener?
2: No, man, but so. that's entertaining though. I, oh, of course. If that, if that happens, you can just take my car keys. I'll be floating home for, for the afternoon. So. Jay's
0: going to be like, all right, can we wrap up the 2022 season today?
2: I, I'm just probably going to hand in my resignation. Be like, this is the greatest day. I'm walking out of here. So,
0: Well, let's hope for the greatest day as we kick off the 2022 Minnesota Vikings season. We will catch you guys on Monday. Fast forward a few hours. This is only our third taping of the Vikings podcast. Jay Nelson alongside me here with Eric Davidson, who has so kindly met with us three times today because... We spoke early this morning about roster cut day. Yeah. And then we met again to talk to Ed Ingram, which was awesome. Uh huh. And now here we are because right before practice, we get the news that the Vikings have traded the Philadelphia Eagles, a 2023 seventh round pick and 2024 conditional pick to Philly for wide receiver Jalen Rager. Who saw that one coming?
2: Uh, There were some rumors that had hit in the last probably 48-ish hours Mm -hmm. or so, that there was something possibly brewing, but it's interesting that it is Jalen Rager. You think back to the 2020 NFL Draft and and the fact that the 21st pick was Jalen Rager, the 22nd pick was Justin Jefferson. Um, Both these guys have been tied for their entire career so far, as far as productivity goes. Um, the Vikings obviously saw Jalen Rager as an asset, as somebody that they think has something similar to what we talked about before, some, some untapped potential so far in his first couple of years in the league. And it feels like he's another young guy to come into this receiver core on a fairly decent price. If, if everything works out, I think the fans and the public should be really excited for the fact that we are paying what we are. If you get the product productivity out of them, you're giving up a fourth round pick, but you're, you're getting the usage.
0: Well, you know how these transactions work. One guy on means one guy off. And today that meant the Vikings waived wide receiver Amir Smith-Marset, who was part of that 11-person draft class from last season, which now makes it seven of 11 guys from last season not currently on this year's roster and jay i think that part of this and and kwacy and kevin will speak tomorrow about all the decisions and moves that they've made so we will get an update from the front office tomorrow in a press conference but for now i think you have to look at the production as far as a punt returner because i think that was a huge question mark even after the preseason who is going to be that punt return guy yeah and rager could be that guy. He stepped in as a punt returner for Philadelphia last season, where he returned 31 punts for 227 yards, which is tied for eighth most punt return yards in the NFL last season. And so just by his body of work, I think that the staff is saying, you know what, we need help in this position, and we need to go outside of who we've worked with during training camp in the preseason to fill that role.
2: I think part of it, too, is if you look at it, you know, the, the fact that it was a mirror was the one that was cut, He was one of the guys that everyone was pointing to saying what's going to happen with him with special teams during preseason, whether it's kick return, punt return or whatever. Uh, If you remember back to the second game, he did have that fumble. And so there were a couple of things that had happened where it just it, it must have been something in the coaching staff and front office wise where they just felt like there's just this question mark of is this going to be the right fit or not? Obviously, they decided to move on from Amir at this point. Um, You also had people like Ty Chandler as people that they were pointing to saying, what's going to happen with him? Is he going to be a returner? Another guy like Rager coming in. I think there's just another body there that has some run that's done it, that has proven that if he can be a receiver, great. But if he can help solidify special teams, that's an even bigger need that we have at this point.
0: Yeah, and the Vikings keep five receivers now. So Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Jalen Naylor and Jalen Rager, which we were joking about, like we're probably going to mess that up. At yeah, some point there's going to be some,
2: some tongue twisters going on <laughs> there at times twisters. just trying to keep them straight. But um, you know, I think especially if both of them and all of them are able to find ways to contribute on this roster, on on you know offense and on special teams, that's going to be a huge win for all of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we've talked about this, and I feel like it's it's the same storyline every season. If you can't make your case to be a special teams factor. And your fifth wide receiver, fourth wide receiver on this depth chart, your your case for making yourself have a solidified spot is very slim.
2: It's tough because yeah. especially in those wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker type positions, they are seen as the speedier guys. They are seen to have other duties than just catching the ball or, or you know, defending. I think when it comes to a guy like Rager, I mean, he was at TCU for three seasons. He was number one in the big 12 in 2019 with punt return yards per return at 20.8. So, like, this guy has done it. He was comfortable in that role, especially in college. I think that um, Jalen, as an addition here, just feels like right now you're not quite sure what you've got, but there is a lot of positives to what his game could bring. And, again, if he turns into a specialist for us, that's going to be even better.
0: Yeah, well, there's also uh, the practice squad was announced. And obviously, this will still be a work in progress. Some notable names. There are two wide receivers and Tristan Jackson and Dan Chisena, who are on the practice squad. Titan Nick Muse, who was the seventh round draft pick this season. Perry Nickerson at corner. Miles Dorn at safety, someone that we've seen here a couple of years now. And I think a really cool one, though, is William Quenku, who is a linebacker. I think he's an undrafted free agent that the Vikings picked up and he showed a lot of flash at times during camp so he's definitely one to look out for there Uh, Jalen Twyman really great to see him get a chance at the practice squad I know he was really gunning for a roster spot but I'm happy to see him on there as well as Janarius Robinson
2: yeah with Twyman especially given his circumstances last year we've talked about it this offseason just to see what was going to happen with him the fact that he has earned this at minimum practice squad spot currently that's a big deal I think it's it's great he he came in off of the off-season program looking like a completely different like person. Like the Hulk. Yeah, he, he came in, <laughs> um, you know, no offense when he came out of pit, but he definitely was not as cut and as big as he is now. Um, went through the the medical issue last year, and then he came back this off-season. You could tell he took it extremely seriously, and he knew that he was going to have to earn his way after missing last season. It uh, feels like. He definitely uh, did what he was supposed to do, and so far he's been rewarded with a practice squad spot to, to, for the season. And so we we'll all know how important
0: that is when you get into the 17-game season. Like These guys, there have been several guys that have to be elevated in the practice squad that get multiple starts, multiple active roster roles once their name is called. And so it's, you know, from a personal standpoint as far as like being – here covering this team and seeing these guys work hard for it. And from a personal point, I like seeing a lot of familiar faces on the practice squad, guys that are getting their chance. Maybe it's not right now, but maybe it's in next season or the next. It's kind of cool.
2: Earning their way. Yeah, Earning exactly. Way. It's a big deal. And for sure. And you like to see people that do it the right way get rewarded. I think coaches are are exactly the same. And as long as you're proving that you have assets that can be positive for this team, coaches in front office are going to be willing to stick with you you know, you brought up the, the fact that Dan Cheson is on the practice squad. He was a guy that was used a ton as a gunner on special teams. I would assume moving forward that, you know, they're willing to keep that speed on this roster, that they're going to try and find ways to get him in there. Um, but again, there's just a ton of names here that you look at, even your uh, Kyle Hinton's or, or how about uh, Bryant Kobach? You know, the, the fact... I mean, he
0: was good. He looks so good this preseason. I was like the A.J. Rose of last year, huh?
2: Exactly. And that's just <laughs> it is like you're that yeah. was the one of the questions was the embarrassment of riches at running back. This feeling of, you know, how are we going to slide different people to different positions? Um, the fact that they did bring him back just showed that, yeah, they saw something they liked from him in preseason. And so with that being the case, you know, him getting a shot on practice squad is great. At least it gives you more depth that you can feel comfortable with.
0: Well, I'm glad that we got to take this extra time to talk about this. Give the practice squad guys some love. Need to welcome Jalen Rager to town. Uh, Ross Blacklock was out of practice today.
2: Lots of moving parts, lots of moving new, p- real quick.
0: Lots of, yeah. Don't don't log off your Twitter too fast because you never know what you're going to miss, Right. But yeah, if, if you really want to take more of a deep dive, of course, all of the rosters, the moves, articles about these new guys and what's going on here in the front office will be on vikings.com. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we will hear from general manager Quesi Adofa Mensa and head coach Kevin O'Connell later on Thursday. So we'll be able to hear what they like, what they thought, why they made the decisions they made. And um, I don't know. I think it, it really proves your point, Jay, from earlier in this podcast that, uh, not afraid to make moves, will like the draft capital, like the projects, it kind of feels like, where they think they see a lot of upside and and willing to make the risks, like risk it for the biscuit, right? Something yeah. like that.
2: They're willing to take the <laughs> risk and try to do it if they feel it's the positive yeah. thing to do in a calculated move. So, again, kind stuff, of like we talked about earlier in the pod, it's the idea of they're willing to make their trades. They're willing to, to add and, and kind of subtract different positions here that they feel that they can at least solidify the roster even more. And they're going to keep putting their, their, their stamp on the roster here to make it feel like it's theirs and what they want. And just cannot get complacent here. There's going to be a ton of moves, not only in the next week. But I would assume moving in through the the season as well, it just gets a little more difficult.
0: Especially if that week one, you know, when you start to get the, when you don't have to have guaranteed contracts anymore and you can just pick up free agents and not pay their guaranteed money.
2: Aging veterans, all that kind of stuff. You never
0: know who you're going to see. That's
2: correct. So yeah, definitely stay up on Twitter, stay up on vikings.com and make sure that paying attention to all the moves because it's moving fast and furious
0: yeah sometimes we're even like whoa wait did you see that we gotta go record the podcast again which is what happened today so thanks for tuning in and hanging with us today hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did as we mentioned earlier in the show we will see you again on Tuesday of next week for a game preview-ish maybe a preview of the game preview
2: yeah it's the preview of the preview (laughs) yes the pre-preview
0: the pre-preview we'll hopefully have another player guest for you and get you guys ready for Sunday's big season opener against the Packers